What's up, gang? Welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect Podcast. I am your host, Chris Ross. And I'm Wes Bays, and today's going to be a great episode for you guys. We have Anthony Garcia. Chris, why are we excited to have Anthony on today? Because he's another sales guy just doing his thing. Doing his thing at a very, very, very high level. And it's probably why he's a Forbes contributor. He's been keynote speaker, been executive sales coach for international best-selling author for catapulting commissions. What else can we say about this guy? This guy's legit. Yeah, just down-to-earth, great person. Right. Has an amazing radio voice. I'm going to tell you that much. I mean, that, <laughs> that alone will have you listening for the entire show. But yeah, really good dude. Really knows his stuff. Really smart guy and excited to really kick this off. Yeah, let's just dive right in, man. Let's just not even waste any more time, man. Just, just kick us off. Let's do it. Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you're listening from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind the scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. welcome hey pleasure to be here guys thanks for having me i'm sure that the listeners will get a tons of amount of value from this conversation so i'm really excited that you're here i appreciate it hey chris i appreciate it i'm glad you said i have a voice for radio you know my wife sometimes tells me i have a face for radio so it's uh, you know <laughs> it goes hand in hand i didn't want to go there and hit you in the face with it so yeah by the end of the show you, you will <laughs> <laughs> A lot, a lot of the listeners, they don't really know much about you. I guess we can kind of start with, how did you get here, man? I mean, talk to a little bit about, you know, your journey right at the beginning in sales and how you kind of got started. I guess we can go with that. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been involved in sales, sales leadership in some capacity since I was 19 years old. So mm -hmm. literally for nearly the past 18 and a half, 19 years, I have been in sales, sales leadership. All my income has earned or majority of my income has been earned through commission, right? Selling a product, generating revenue. I spent uh, six years in uh, direct sales, selling Cutco Cutlery. Uh, and I did that in all different levels from an individual sales contributor, worked my way up to running my own franchise or running my own district, managing a team of over 100 sales reps. And that was awesome. Then I took a transition, moved into business to business sales, where right. I spent about four and a half years uh, in business to business sales. I did phenomenal there. Things went really well, kind of the, the learning that I took from Cutco helped do, uh, my skill set in business to business. And then about eight and a half years ago, I got connected into medical device sales. Now, uh, I'm a regional director for a medical device organization. I manage a sales team of high-performing, highly compensated sales reps. And so at a certain point, I just looked back at my career in sales and it was there wasn't anything new. It wasn't like, oh, here's this new magic sales tool that's going to make you do well, right? It was more of like a mental approach. Like, how can I have the mental fortitude to go through the peaks and valleys of sales? And so mm -hmm. once I realized that, um, I put all of that content in my book, Catapulting Commissions. Like, here's what, I, here's what I've done over nearly the past 20 years to achieve sales goals. It didn't matter if I was trying to sell, you know, a kitchen knife, or if I was trying to convert uh, a major healthcare system to utilizing my product or talking to the chief of surgery at one of the most prestigious hospitals in the world, 
the process was exactly the same. Exactly. So, so that's what I decided to share in Catapulting Commissions. And so since I've launched that, I, you know, I've created the brand uh, Catapulting Commissions through Anthony Garcia Inc. And from there, I've, <clears throat> you know, I've developed a whole new, um, you know, a whole new business where I've done coaching, consulting, speaking for different uh, companies, different individuals, and it really has just skyrocketed. Um, and the funny part is, right, I don't want to be my worst critic, but the skills are very similar from what I learned nearly 20 years ago. It's right. the mental approach that people really need help on. I, I couldn't agree anymore. And a lot of things that you mentioned in West Norton is where I'll kind of go in a little bit more in depth with the, the winning mentality. And you, I mean, I'll sell a popsicle the same way that I would sell a $5 million program a building. It doesn't matter to me. It's the, it's the same process. First thing you need to do is you need to get their attention. And keeping their attention is the value that you provide them. And then you just have a normal conversation, understanding, okay, is there a need, want, or desire for this person? And do they have the financial you know, capability to invest into whatever I'm going to sell them? I don't even know if I'm going to sell them at that point because I'm taking the power away from them right from the beginning. You don't have the power to buy whatever the hell you're trying to buy from me. Because until I feel that you have you know, all the right attributes, that it's going to work out for you. And that's obviously where it goes with the show you know, the win-win effect. I mean, you have to understand what the buyer is going through, what the seller is going through, what the company is going through. What are the barriers of entry within that organization or that business model? What's the front end offer look like? There are so many things that come into play in sales, but that's where I'm really excited to have this in-depth conversation because a lot of people don't understand how much goes into sales. Yeah, it sounds easy. It sounds great, but how much comes into it? I mean, for the most part, can you shine a light on that before, you know, Wes starts going into and framing it with the listeners? How much goes into your thought process when you're approached, when you're talking to a new student, client, buyer, company, doesn't matter what capacity? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I would say majority of the work that I do in any type of sales approach or sales environment is done long before I'm ever there right? So it's, it's so much preparation. My conversation with you may be three minutes, but what you didn't see was it took, you know, an hour and a half, two hours of prep and it took 18 years of failures and, and challenges right. to learn exactly how to approach this situation. And, I, and I, I take exactly what you said, Chris, I approach every scenario with the same intensity and the same approach, whether it's a popsicle or a $5 million contract. Right. The, the prep work, the approach, it's all the same. And I really believe this wholeheartedly. There is a mental approach in sales that we have to hammer, that we have to excel at. Right. I mean, I, I've been you know, doing research for a couple other projects and, and I came across a sales stat that is really, really resonates with me. And, and I'm sure I've read it before, but this last time it really resonated with me. So we've all heard of the 80 20 rule, right? You know, 80 percent of your revenue comes from 20 percent of your clients, et cetera. Well, 80% of the sales that are made are done by 20% of the sales professionals. And the only difference between those 20% of sales professionals and the other 80 is those 20 never gave up. They had mm -hmm. that winning mentality that, hey, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to win this deal. You're going to quit and I'm going to pick it up. And I looked at it. I'm like, man, that's genius. Because that's, that's exactly when, true. when, when people so say, true. hey, how have you been successful? I'm like, dude, I just never quit. It, right. <laughs> it, it wasn't no, ma no magic bean. I just never quit. People come to me and they might have an issue with something and I will tell them straight up. At some point in this process, I will recommend the right different types of approaches or business model for you or the program, product or service, whatever it is. At some point, you're going to have to make a decision in a buying time frame. 
you no longer have the power to be able to make that decision. It's all about a recommendation. I don't know if it's going to be the right fit for you. I take it away. Then I'll say to them, they're like, the, the highest programs and the highest packages and the people that I look for those types of programs, I look for the right person and making sure that you're going to be the right fit because it's not about short-term success for you or long-term success. It's about you figuring out how can this change your life? This is a stepping stone for you. And perhaps it might be a big decision. I get it. But that program's around like 70 to 80K, right? And I know that potentially you don't really plan on investing that much into this business opportunity. And I can understand that and I respect that but you're going to want to at the end. And they're like, no way. That's what they'll say to me. No way. No bullshit. They'll end up finding 150K by the time that second or third meeting. I love that. I love that. When you're, when you you take that, just that conversation alone, it takes the pressure off the environment, right? Because everyone has that, that mentality. When you speak to a salesperson, you're trying to sell me something. You're, 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 you're trying to shake me down. You're trying to get money. You're trying to do this. And what you just described is, here, I'm going to show you solutions. I'm going to show you something that's going to bring more value than what I'm going to ask you to pay for today. And if it's not great for you, great, man, don't worry about it. I'll pull it back. It's not cool. I'm not, you know, there's no commission breadth coming off that conversation. And when you have that conversation, it makes it so much more natural, man. I dig it. And and that's, that's really interesting. And I think like for you, you know, when you are communicating with your clients, obviously they feel really comfortable with you. And when you're saying something like that, they get it, they understand it. How are you able, for example, and you know, and then there's other salespeople who can, who will do the same thing, but they won't get the same type of reaction or the same type of response from the client. How do you differentiate yourself and how do you create that environment for that client? You know, I look at it like this. Every customer is a human being. Every salesperson is a human being. And to express empathy during your approach is so valuable, so impactful. It goes so much so that I try to put myself in that person's shoes before we even start this conversation, right? Why, what are these deciding factors? So if, if, if I'm working with somebody and, and, and you are a contract manager or you are someone who's representing a multi-million dollar organization and you have the power to say yes or no to my, to my bid, right? Who's influencing you? Like, right. what, I, I don't know if you just left the meeting with your, your CEO that said, hey man, your sales are down 22%. You need to find the next magic person that's gonna flip this organization around or you're fired. And you know, they just ran through Google and like, who are the sales consultants I can get? Or I, you know, I don't know if, you know, it's, if you know, I'll go back to my days of selling cocoa. I don't know if this is your last dollar you have if you're struggling right. paycheck to You gotta understand the whole situation. You gotta hold, yeah. understand the whole situation for them. So I just think if we express a level of empathy and gratitude during our approach where it's truly genuine, oh, you man. take off that, that whole pressure that comes with being in sales. And, you know, you, you obviously do that by being genuine, but you know, there's, there's, I don't want to say there's ticks or uh, tricks or, or, or secrets to it. But I mean, you know, my team that I coach, I'm like, look, dude, if you're coming in and someone's hostile, just talk soft. They yeah, have, just, they have just to, relax. They have like, to why are you so angry to today, man? Yeah. Just relax. Yeah. Just control the environment. And so I really take that Wes. I really take that approach of saying, okay, I'm going to express a level of empathy that's going to make you feel comfortable just to be here with me today. Yeah. And and I think that's absolutely important. So like, so say you're getting on the, on the the call with that person, how do you, and to help the listeners, how do you take control of that right from the beginning? Like what, what would you do in order to get someone to be like, to to ease or calm down? Like what are the, some of the things that you're looking for? Yeah, absolutely. So first thing, Wes, is I'm going to set clear expectations right out the gate. So I'm like, look, Wes, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I know most times when you speak with a salesperson, you're always like, oh, you're trying to sell me something. 
look, man, I'm gonna show you some solutions for what we're gonna discuss today. If it's a great fit, awesome. If it's not, man, don't even worry about it, dude. I don't want this to be a pressure situation. The last thing I wanna do, Wes, is for you to make a decision because you think you're making me happy. Call me two days later and saying, hey, man, I need to cancel this deal. That's not a win-win for either one of us, man. So and if at any point in time, you don't like the direction of the conversation, dude, just tell me, we'll make a hard pivot. You know, I'd rather have Wes wanna do business with me in 20 years from now, and then Wes do business with me today and hate me for the rest of my life. And right. so I, I really tell people that, I'm like, look, I'm looking to develop a lifelong relationship with you. And you know, you know, you know some people are like, it's kumbaya, like I don't wanna be your buddy, but the truth is, right, I like to do business with people who I like and know, right? Whether I'm paying you for a service or I'm charging you for a service, I want to enjoy your company. Mm -hmm. So when I start the phone conversation, I set that expectation right out the gate and I give my customers the uh, opportunity and for lack of better words, the permission to say, hey man, no, I don't like the direction of this conversation. Can we make right. it? And so when people feel empowered to make that decision, it naturally takes that stress off their shoulders. Now, very rarely, almost if ever, does someone say, hey man, I don't like the direction of the conversation, but just sharing that and giving them the power puts them at ease. Right. It's all about setting that expectation and having them come up to your level. And a lot of people don't do this. And Wes and I have a lot of conversations with, you know, salespeople and when we're training or whoever. I don't ever want to lower my expectations and my standards, Anthony. I don't. Mm -hmm. Like my job is to get you here. Like I'm here. Here's the rest of the industry. You need to get, in order for you to get here, you need to at least get here. And I'm, here's my expectations, here are my standards, here's what I'm going to do, and here's what I'm prepared to do to help you. And if for any part of this conversation, you feel that it's unsettling for you, and it's something that you think that you can't do, let me know, please. I would prefer you to, you know, share that with me now for me to agree to coach you or agree to work with you, or agree to set up a contract and move on to the next phase. That's that tie down piece that people miss and that connection. I want a mutual agreement. Like, are you prepared to move forward? Yeah. No, I think and that's, it, I think that's awesome. I think you're that, you know, that, 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 uh, that expectation, you know, it's like a soft trial close out the gate, right? Figuring completely. out what's, where, where's your buying intentions. And I think that that's so, so impactful to say, and I, and, you know, hearing you say, Chris, I want you here. I mean, you're giving that person a reputation to live up to, right? I mean, that, that goes back right. to, to how to win friends and influence people, you know, yes. 70, 80 years ago. I'm giving you a reputation right now at the start of this appointment that I want you to be here. Mm -hmm. Naturally, human response is to live up to the reputation that someone gives them. And you start at that from the beginning of the appointment. I think that's phenomenal. Right. And I appreciate you saying that because especially you can, I get it in different industries. I mean, I believe that, you know, the companies that, you know, Wes and I co-own together, you know, Winject, right? I mean, it's all about injecting winning mentality inside of that organization or whatever it could be. And it sounds like you do something very similar with the, the accountability side and holding people accountable. I hold my buyers more accountable than anybody else in the organization, to be honest with you, because you, you're going to at some point, and go through the buying time frame and enroll or get recommended for a certain thing with me and then go into the fulfillment. You got my name in your mouth. You know, that's my, that's my credibility, man. So I, I don't want to ruin the buyer's experience of being sold by me, to be honest with you, because you're going to talk, I want you to talk great about me. 
hundred percent. Right. I mean, you, you only have one professional reputation, right? Mm -hmm. And every testimonial is every customer you've ever signed up to your product, your service, every testimonial was every customer who didn't mm -hmm. buy the first time around that says, Hey man, I worked with Chris. I worked with Wes. I worked with the guys on the Win Win effect podcast. And you know what, dude, they were genuine. They were authentic. You know, we didn't work out a deal the first time, but you know what? I never felt like an asshole at the end. And I came back to them or they followed up with me six months later and the deal worked out, right? There's mm -hmm. so much that comes in that reputation you have and having that reputation often, often precedes the revenue that comes with it, right? Yes. People want to work with stand up, honest, ethical people. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of this when, you know, with, in the industry and I'm sure you see it too. And I'm not going to name the name, name drops with the ones that say the right things on the surface level, but then don't do the right things when it gets down to the core and the root, you know, man, you through the levels. I have seen that at so many different levels. Um, you know, when I first made the decision to launch a personal brand, I'm like, okay, who am I going to learn from? What am I going to learn mm -hmm. from? And I invested a lot of money just I went through people's different funnels. I went through different programs, I went through different masterminds. And as I was going through that, I was like, okay, who's genuine and who's going to follow through and who was, who was happy and excited that they got my hundred dollars, my thousand dollars, my $2,000 right. up front. And you can just see the genuine approach versus the, Hey, I got your money. And there's some people that, Hey, it was a one-time deal. I'm like, okay, I did market research. That's, you know, that's how I categorize it. I learned what not to do. And there's others who I'm still involved in some of their programs because there was such a genuine, honest approach and they delivered way more value than I ever paid for. Right. Wes, I mean, and you're touching on something so important, Anthony. I think it was probably time for us to have this kind of conversation. I'm going to share this with the, in public. We don't need a name drop. The ones that we were doing for PR, we're mm -hmm. interviewing mm -hmm. Wes. Do you yeah. share a little bit more of that story? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing is there's, there are some people who will completely, uh, with, with the experience that they give you or lack thereof, they'll, they'll actually talk themselves right out of the sale. Right. And, you know, we were getting involved with some, you know, PR looking to do some PR with a company and them taking us through their sales process. They gave us such a negative experience that we ended up not going with them at the end when we were already in a position where we're, we're ready to go. Like, it's not like it's, it's who we're going with, not if we're going to do it or not. Uh, and we felt like we we're almost pretty set on this company. And, going through that process, it just made us say, you know what, the, the lack of, or the experience, the negative experience we had uh, made us l feel like they lost credibility with us, right, mm -hmm. throughout that process. And, and they lost that credibility with us. And so it, it just goes to kind of your point, you have to, you have to give so much value to a customer and to a right. client and give them a positive experience, not just now, but even three months, six months, and nine months from now, because the customer wants to know that you're going to be there for them. Right. And so that's a lot of the times they're, they're trying to tell you, look, I want to know that if in six months I have a problem, you're going to be there to help me solve it. And we did not feel any of that in that process. You know, I imagine that that happens more times than not. Right. I mean, yep. you know, we're, we're fortunate that we have a platform to share that experience, but there's so many times where I mean, I can go even to like just the simple of, you know, my wife needed a new car. It wasn't a question of if I was going to buy a car. I was going to buy a car. I just didn't want right. to buy a car from the first guy that came up to me that was so just not listening to me. I'm like, hey, man, if you would have just taken the time to know what I do for a living, dude, you would totally change your approach. But you're, you're like right. hammering me here. Pressure. It's, it's not a question of if, if I can afford the car we're looking at. It's 
do I want to make this investment? Do I like this car? Is my wife going to like this car three years from now? Do I want to convert this to, there were so many things that were going through my mind and, and we ended up walking away from the first dealership similar into to what you said about the PR firm that, you know, I mean, really that's that challenge right there is why some of these large companies, quote unquote, sales companies or have these, they really need help from a professional expert because right. that happens. You're losing so much revenue from just feeding and feeding and feeding right. instead of listening. It, that, that's the issue with, I, I would say probably over 90% of companies out there, especially when you're looking into the digital world of marketing because people oh. don't understand it and it changes so much. And you are, you're able to tell people anything you want to tell them. And you just assume that they're always going to buy. We literally had our budget and our already idea of what we wanted. It's like, we just need to make a decision on who we're going to be with. Right. And the process was so awful. We even gave him a second shot. It was like, listen, we can even trade off some of the things that we can do for you. If you're willing to obviously, you know, help us out a little bit, how can yeah. we collaborate? I mean, we trade off, we can do a trade off. I can help you with your sales process or I can help you do whatever you need to do and refine your approach. Cause you're, what you're doing right now is you're ruining your name. You're ruining your, you're, you're ruining your name. You're ruining your business just because of this sales or lack of sales process. A hundred percent. I mean, we're talking about it now, right? We haven't mentioned them by name, right? But I'm sure they know, who they, they, are. they know who they are. Exactly. Right. So you, you have to treat every person with respect. You have to treat every, you have to, I mean, to me, there's no such thing as this is a big deal or this is a small deal. Right. It's the same deal, right? It's the same approach. It's the same amount of respect. It's the same amount of information shared. And at the same time, it's the same amount of information I want to extract. Like w w there's a reason you set this appointment, right? Especially if someone reached out to me, if it's an inbound lead, someone's coming to me saying, Hey, there's a, you're looking for something. My job at this point is to shut the hell up and find out exactly what you're looking for. <laughs> right, right. I'm not here they to tell you, to us. I'm not here to re repeat and regurgitate what's on my freaking website saying, Oh, here's how awesome I am. I don't need to repeat or regurgitate. Tell what's me, on man, media. tell me what you think. Yeah. You do. If you, if you were me, how can you sell me? Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I want someone to tell, tell me like, Hey, listen, Wes, Chris, Anthony, here's what I see. And here's how I can make an impact with you. That's what I do with companies. hundred percent. I just expect the same in return. I just want you to, I mean, just help me understand your process and, and how can we do business together for the next 10, 20 years? Not just this short-term deal of you setting up, you know, PR for us. How can you make more of an impact on all the other companies that I own privately, not let alone the ones that I co-own with Wes? You should be yeah. selling us. How can you make us, how can you get more exposure to us? Walk me through that process. And to be honest with you, the person that owns the business is legit. It's not him or her. Right. It's, the, it's the, the sales approach or lack thereof. Are you ready to become the next big thing? Like, get the fuck out. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> that's, the, that's your pitch? Yeah. You're pitching me and I already have my money on the table, man. Like, yeah. so how much, I mean, this is a question I can ask you. Like, how much does that come into your training of your salespeople and the people you come in contact with to gauge the type of buyer? Because they're all different types of buyers. And I don't hear a lot of people talk about this, the different personality types and people with money in the hand. How, many, how do you train those types of people? Yeah, really, really good question. So I start with 
for people who come through like a general program, I go through a sales process training first, right? Like let, let's right. just, let's just, funda- let's get the fundamentals down. And the reason I do that is I can do that one to many, right? It's really easy to, to explain a sales process one to many. As I start going through like the buyers and different types of buyers, I typically reserve that for like my individual clients or people who work with me on a more intimate level, because mm. then I, you know, if I sit here and say, Hey man, here's the eight different types of buyers, right? And we could just label them in different categories. Well, those eight different, different type of buyers are going to be different in different industries, right? You, and, and, you know, I, I can't speak too much to, you know, the, the medical uh, side, the surgical side, the contracting side of sales because of, w- of what I currently do. But I, what I can say is, is that group of people is different than if I'm trying to sell software to uh, a Fortune 500 company. And that group of people is different than if I'm going to do, you know, a form of B2B sales. And that people right. are going to be different than digital marketing. There's some, there's some labels that are the same, but we just have to fully understand, you know, what's that buyer and how lateral do we need to go to fully understand them? So Mm -hmm. I do, I do channel like, what's your buyer, you know, what type of buyer are they, what's their motivation, what's the strategy, what are they really looking to accomplish? But I do that more for an individual basis where I can dive into the weeds with people who work with me on a more intimate basis. I liked that you said that and went there because a lot of people won't and they're, not, they're afraid to have that kind of conversation on how to train it. I think that's where a lot of the podcasts that I do listen to or kind of listen to, I don't really listen to a lot of sales ones just because of it's, it's their own opinion on how sales should be done in, in the different area, I guess, eras of sales, mm-hmm. because you got the info, we're in the information era now is understanding information and, and figuring out how can we sell our digital products to people that have a stone age brain. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and it, yeah. that's, that's, it's all about aligning that. And that's where I think that people really couldn't measure. Like, I guess you would say the levels of understanding on how the human brain works years ago, because it's a lack of the emotional intelligence. I believe that prevents people from really succeeding in sales because I, you don't have to tell me who you are. I'm going to understand who you are because then we're going to feel what I'm going to say to you. And I'm going to understand what you're not telling me. And that's the deep and active listening skill that people don't take the time to develop because they only listen long enough to interject their, their program or their product or service or t-shirt or popsicle. Hey, you need this because that's the only thing I can sell. (laughs) And if you take away all the product knowledge, they can't sell it anyway. You take away the scripts. Walk me through that kind of understanding of you know how much is scripted and how much is unscripted and understanding emotional intelligence with the corporations and companies you know chris i like where you're going with this let me say this right this digital era of information right information quite honestly is free right the Mm -hmm. information we're going to learn is free like there's no joke about it right If, if someone wants to retain me as 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 their consultant or hire me as their coach they could walk through you know, the previous 40 blog articles and they can walk through the next 40 blog articles and it's like, oh, I, here's, here's what you believe, right? What people pay for is the application of that information. And, and how, do I, how do I apply that to the modern day era? How do I apply that to my exact situation? And what people pay for is solutions to a problem, right? I could charge you $10 million for my product and service, right? If my $10 million solves your million dollar problem, right? It's not worth it. If my $10 million product service solves your $100 million problem, then it's worth it. So I truly believe that that, that scripted approach of like, hey, here's all the nooks and crannies and all of this. I mean, dude, that's, that's lip service, man. 
give me the information. Right. Tell me, tell me the fucking goods. Tell me, you know, share with me the good stuff, right? It's information's free. It's not, it's not hard to get information. If I like the information you're sharing me, I have no problem paying you to teach me how to apply that information to my specific problem. Yeah, you need to that, make it a no brainer for them. That's a yeah. no brainer. They have to do this. hundred percent. Like, so, you know, it's, it's really funny, right? So when I, when I started catapulting commissions, I didn't want to create, like, I didn't want to be a sales coach. I really wanted to work with high performing sales yes. professionals, people who are already making over a hundred, 200 grand a year, because typically at that level, it was all about application. Like, Hey, here's this deal with XYZ company. Here's the value of this contract. Walk me through it. And you know, I've retained clients in that space and those are fun. But the number one question I get asked, man, is, is, hey, can you, can you teach my sales team a sales process? And so I sit and I'm like, man. <laughs> right. Changes for every company, yeah. man. I was like, yeah, you know, so I'm sitting here, I'm like, honestly, dude, I can put together a sales curriculum. I can teach you a sales process. But with all honesty, anybody who really want to learn can just can follow my content or someone else's content and learn it for free. But if you really want to pay something for it, that, that's, to me, that's like, elementary it's almost important like i'd rather not charge you for this i'd rather have you retain me for the long yeah, run just go listen to my podcast you'll be yeah good. exactly <laughs> i don't want to be in that type of situation in business where i have to physically train you yeah i, I don't want to be in group trainings i've, I've already made my bones doing that I, I don't want to do it in that type of way i'm more about behind the scenes strategizing listening to calls listening to what is your marketing what is your fulfillment and aligning everything and i'm like the creative genius the mad genius sitting behind you know like the microscopes and doing that's what that's what like gets me up in the morning and makes me tick it's what i'm passionate about because people don't understand how it's done and how to break down the metrics and it, the, the missing metrics that people don't look at that there's so many things that, and there's so many probably questions that we probably get for our listeners, Wes. What am I missing here? Yeah, no, and, and I completely agree with what you both are saying. I mean, ultimately, the one thing also what we found is that the whoever the the CEO, whoever owns that company, they need to have some kind of involvement in that sales process because that's when we've worked with companies where they haven't, and you see the kind of disconnect there when the person that's supposed to be in charge doesn't really understand that sales process. So when when you are going about it with, uh, Anthony, with the training somebody on sales, because, you know, we can talk about strategies and techniques and all of, all of that, but how much of it is actually kind of setting the foundation for them to understand how to go about a sales process versus even building it up for them yourself? Uh, you know, if I had it in my ideal world, it would be 90% of here's to understand the sales process. Here's the 10% of the, you know, the, the X's and O's, the blocks, the blocking and tackling of it, right? That's what, to me, that's the ideal situation, right? The market, you know, people are like, oh no, just, just show me all these X's and O's. Show me what I need to say. Like, you know, yeah. the, it's, it's, it's so, I hate saying this because, you know, I have done some discovery calls for people where, you know, but the number one question, I'm like, okay, dude, you've gone through this process. You've gone on my calendar. We're going to spend 30 minutes today discovering, you know, whether you want to either retain me as a coaching client or you're looking for me to work with your company. And, and the number one question you want to tell me is what should I say to this client? Right. Oh my goodness. Like really <laughs> goodness. dude, that that's, you did all of this work to get on my schedule to tell me what to say. Like, how about let's identify what are you trying to accomplish? What's the problem you haven't overcome? And if the problem is one simple objection, then with, with all honesty, dude, it's not the objection. That's the problem. It's the process. And so I want to work on the process mm -hmm. so we can understand this objection, not just this one objection. And because I, I believe so hard in, in having the, 
the foundation built first, I've lost clients and I know, and I know I've lost clients and I know I've lost companies because I have competitors that are like, Oh no, dude, you know, I'm, I'm gonna walk you through my, my 10 step formula of X's and O's and it's going to triple quadruple centuple your income, et cetera. And I'm like, look, dude, the, the X's and O's, we all can do it, right? We can mm -hmm. all draw the X's and O's, but to really get a full complete understanding that's that's what you're paying me for because at the end of the day right i want to be able to represent your business better than you can because i know so much about it at that point in time mm -hmm. so so short uh, long question or long answer to the question was but i believe there should be a more of a focus on the foundation as opposed to the the yeah. actual x's and o's yeah which which is important because it's ownership right like the, the same thing with a client you know if if you're creating an environment where the client's not taking ownership you know how are you really going to hold them accountable to actually doing what they're supposed to be doing right same thing with if you're working with a business owner who, whoever it may be and so you, you touched on something that i think is really important for the listeners which is you know maybe talking about objections and we talk you know people talk a lot about handling objections and you know chris and i obviously talk a lot about you know heading them off right in in advance and so when you're training on that because yeah i bet you have people that come to you and say you know i got this objection how do i handle it with this person what is your approach there when it comes to kind of teaching them how to be able to not even maybe deal with that objection in the first place. So when I get that question, my response 100% of the time is, Wes, is that the first time you heard the objection? Right. And the okay. answer is always, always no. And I would say always, cause there's always, I'm always afraid that there's this one tenth person that's going to come and, and going to talk to me about this one-off situation. But typically the objection isn't the first time you've heard it. So once I get people to, to acknowledge and understand that, I say, okay, let's, let's just break down. What are the five or six objections you're constantly hearing, right? Because the objections are all the same. And if we really want to dig into it, they all relate to the same thing, right? There's typically a price objection. There's a timing objection, right? So you're looking at this, okay, well, you know, is it price? Is it timing? Price to me is value. Timing to me is urgency, right? There's certain, there's certain things. And then there's conditions, Right. So when I talk with people, I'm like, look, man, there's objections and there's conditions. And I can say this about this, you know, I don't want to call him a client, but it's my brother. My brother works in sales. And so my brother was calling me with a, with a deal. And, and, you know, he's, you know, for those of you, I don't know if you guys have a brother, but when, you know, when I do what I do, and my brother works in sales, he feels like he has a direct line to like, you know, the, the oxygen for his line. So I get calls <laughs> from him all the time. And so I had to tell him, I'm like, look, dude, you're, you're, you're not dealing with an objection. You're dealing with a condition. You're, you're trying exactly. to, he, situation. He's, he's selling financial services. And I'm like, this client loves you, dude. He, he, he's digging you. He is telling you point blank. Your competition is my fiance's sister. Like at a certain point in time, dude, unless you're going to do what his fiance does for him in the evening, right? You there's, this is a condition that I would say, Hey man, I wouldn't spend my wheels on it. Hey, give him your best offer. Say, Hey, look, dude, if you want a second opinion, call me. But other than that, dude, don't beat your wheels up on it no more. Right. Right. Go Don't hunting. waste your time. Yeah. When companies ask me that question, it's very similar. But I usually say to them, is it normal for you to ask the wrong questions? You're asking me the wrong question. Let's, let's, here's how I would ask that question. Chris, what can you do for my company to understand that these objections aren't really the issue? How can you train that to my staff? Completely yeah. different way of looking at a business. Because now what I'm going to do is I'm going to align my process and teach you why these objections never come up with anybody that I work with. I haven't had an objection. Oh, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have the two fairy or whatever it is. I need yeah. to talk to my dog named danger. You know, I don't get that bullshit. I don't get it because it's what I'm doing at the beginning of the process. I let them know, listen, do you have a spouse or lack thereof? 
Yes. Okay, great. In any part of this conversation or any part of this buying time frame, would you like to have, bring them on, you know, and have a conversation? And if they say yes, great, then we'll set up that up and I'm going to take, I'm going to set up a different time to have a conversation with both of them. So when I'm going that type of direction with them, Anthony, I need to hold them accountable to what they're going to say to me at that time. So if any, if they say no, they're not a part of this process. Okay, great. But if you bring them up later, then I'm going to hold you accountable to that. I mean, do you, do you train something like that with your staff? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that's it's so funny you said this, because I was just working on this, um, this, you know, curriculum content earlier this week, and I wrote it down and I said, objections are simply a sign that there's a flaw in your process. That's all it is. Right. Boom. And so what you just said is, is exactly what it is. Right. I, I love, I need to speak to somebody else. I need to speak to my wife. I need to, you know, to speak to the tooth fairy, whoever, right. In the beginning, we should identify if they're going to be part of this process or not. And I think that that is so much more important when you start working on multi-layered deals, right? Big deals that are like, yeah. you know, if, if I'm working in a, in a corporate deal and, and I, you know, I, I mean, I'm going, in, even now, right. I say, Hey, who makes the ultimate decision in this process, right? Mm -hmm. If it's you, great. If it's CFO, who's, you know, three stories above me and doesn't have time. Okay. What information are you hoping to extract today to relay to that person to make a decision? Are you looking to right. make a yes or no decision today? Or are you venting me out to see if I'm worthy of a next appointment? Tell me right now. So that way I know how to approach this. I mean, I'm not as blunt when I say that, but that's the nuts and bolts, right? Uh, if, they'll if work I, with you. If you're in rapport, they'll, they'll help you out a little bit. You just leverage them a little bit. hundred percent. So to, to answer the question, right, the objections are part of the process. So if your sales process has a, has a, has a kink in it or it's not smooth, typically it's reflected in the objections you're hearing. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, I'm like, look, man, I can help you. I can help handle your objections, but to call me in a Hail Mary and say, Hey man, my back's against the wall. Here's this one objection. I'm ready to pay you X, Y, Z. Help me with this objection. Two things. One, I don't want, I don't want to do it because I, you know, one, I don't need the money Two, you're not going to like the outcome. Cause the likelihood is, is I'm going to tell you, Hey, well, you fucked up. Let's go back and fix this process mm -hmm. here and let's work this one. Yeah. We might be able to salvage and work this deal out and we can handle objections and people say no before they say yes and all of that. And dude, that's great. That's sales 101. I'm not teaching that. I'm teaching you how to be a killer in sales. And being a killer right. in sales starts from the foundation and in that sales process. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to teach you something that you've never experienced before. Yes. Because it, what I experience in my career is not just winning. It's by how much. That's the question. How much am I going to win by this month? But yeah. it's not about me winning. It's about what I do with my clients to help them win that allows me and gives me the capability of winning by the margins that I do in whatever capacity. Wes sees this a lot and we have this conversation with our sales teams that like, listen, all the stuff that you learned before prior to meeting me, forget it. That's the most pervasive issue I think in sales is that they bring all the old baggage and all the old bullshit and all the, the old tricks, the traditional sales techniques forget all that stuff. Yeah. Some of it applies and you can use it to be able to gain leverage in a conversation or to maybe a transition question and asking more information and discovery process, but it's not going to help you close deals. I don't, you know how I close as many deals as I do with the companies is I don't close. You close yourself. Yeah. You tell me the reasons why I should allow you to buy this. That's a great question to ask people. Like, so walk me through your normal, Decision-making process. How do you typically make decisions? 
Have you ever made a decision like this before in this type of capacity? Have you ever invested into yourself? These are the questions that I ask because this is going to get me to the narrow questions and getting to the core. I'm going to break through all the layers of your emotional bullshit and I'm going to expose you because that's how, that's how winning is done in, in my own opinion. It's like, Dude, how can you win? Chris, I love that. Wes, I love what you guys stand for, that win-win effect. As you're saying that right now, right, if you, if you tell people who come work with you not to bring their baggage, I, I can't picture, right, but I, I look at it like this, right? I was never really good in basketball, but if I was really good in basketball and mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant said, hey, man, you want to come, come play basketball with me, right? I'm not going to show up and be like, hey, man, here's how I learned how to shoot a free throw. Here's right. how I learned to do exactly. a layup, right? You should know that. By the time you're here, you should have read these fundamentals. If, or if not, you shouldn't be in my presence. You shouldn't be in this room, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're going to go so much deeper. We're going to learn so much about the whys. We're going to learn so much lateral, not just this transactional phrase that you're going to say. And um, I like that, man. I mean, you know, I, that the whole winning approach, right? Winning isn't done at the appointment. Winning isn't done. If we take this to a sports analogy, you're not winning because you win at the basketball game. You're not winning because you win in the boxing match. You're winning because you completely prepared for every situation Everything. that possibly can come up, and you spent hours upon hours of time when nobody saw you preparing for that opportunity. That's I make it my happens. business to know what you know and know what you want. Yes. I make it my business, and it's my freaking – it's what drives me, man. I, it literally drives me, and not just waking up in the morning. It's the first battle I win every day is at 5 a.m. When I get up at 5 a.m., that's where all my self-doubt and distractions and all the bullshit. Yeah. So um, that's the biggest win of my day, and that's how it's going to allow me to get myself in the right frame of mind and, you know, putting that mask on to come and serve that day. Like, I'm walking out of my bedroom, bro, and, and it's fight music going on, and I get in my office. I'm, I'm here to destroy. I'm here to slay. I'm here to make it happen, and I'm not here to just make it happen for myself. I'm here to make it happen for everybody I'm coming in contact with because it, that's how winning is done. It's all the small things, man. It's the small details between good and great. I don't need to tell you who I am. You're going to know for the yes. things that I'm saying to you and why I'm saying it to you because when your why is big enough, the house is the easiest process. I read that somewhere today, earlier today, and it really struck me. It really struck me. So the main thing is understanding how can we understand the bigger picture. And it's not about just a bigger picture. It's like, what do we do now that we've are exposed to it? Like, Wes, walk them through. Like, once you're exposed to something and you're exposed to a whole different way of looking at life and thinking, mm -hmm. why is that so important in today's marketplace? Yeah. Well, you know, think about it. If you're going to go and you're going to go skydiving, right? And you're, and you've never done it before in your life, well, you're going to be afraid. You're going to be thinking about what's going to happen, the what ifs and, and all of that until you go out there and you jump off that plane. And then the second time around, you're not really thinking as much, right? You're more excited about the experience and all that. So it's important to be able to give that client that experience, even in their own mind and bring them up to that level so that they can actually be the kind of person that can go through your process right? And have the greatest experience possible. It's not just about, that's how you handle fears, right? That's how you handle the, the baggage or the bullshit that the person is going to bring to you as you're jumping out in front of it, but then you're giving them that experience in their own mind so that they already feel positive about moving through with you. Let me ask you guys this. 
you we we just you know we spent a lot of time discussing winning right and and stand in and understanding the entire environment and and having this this uh lateral preparation right you're prepared for every situation that comes in how do you guys handle when you lose right because everyone hears we, we talk about this i love that. Talk about the successes it. but yeah. How, yeah. when you lose and, and i enjoy losing too but when I lose, like, what's your, what do you do? Let's just say you, you've worked on a deal. You're like, man, I lost it. Lost it to a competitor. Lost it to something else. Mm-hmm. What is that strategy afterwards? I think it's important for people to hear that after you lose, the game's not over. But I'm many so excited think to answer this question. I don't know if yeah. you want to go first, but I'm so excited to answer this question. So what happens when you lose? I don't. I learn. That's an opportunity for me to figure out how in the hell do I overcome this? That's where growth is hidden, man. It, growth is hidden right there. And when people lose, they put their head down and stuff. And, oh, man, I lost out. Maybe I shouldn't do this. I'm going to hang it up. I don't know. You might beat me today, but I promise you, you won't beat me tomorrow. Because this is what I'd love to do. I'm willing to die until I find the right answer. The yep. answer I'm looking for. How can I change the game? That's a finite business player or a salesperson. They think they're going to win today. Oh, I got you, Chris. Yeah, you might have got me a little bit, but I'm going to get you tomorrow. Don't worry. I'm going to get the big picture because I'm, I'm playing the infinite game because the resources I have available are going to outlast your short-term success because at some point you're going to start doing cocaine or drinking or whatever it is <laughs> for you and start spending a bunch of money and I'm still going to be hustling because yeah. I don't like to take anything that changes my frame of mind and I'm going to live and die by these core values. This is what we do. This is our mentality. I'm going to welcome adversity because I'm, it, history has proven Nothing on this planet can beat me. Nothing. I can only thing I'm going to lose to is in my inside myself internally. So I hope that answers your question, but I got really excited when you asked me. So Wes, anything I'm missing on that? It's just a mentality, man. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I'll, I'll second that. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. I'd, I'd also say there's a couple things. One is I'm more accountable to myself than anybody else is towards me or I'm towards anybody else. I mean, so I am harder on myself and expect better of myself than anything else. So that's, that's the one. Uh, and for me, if, if I'm not losing, losing, I guess I'll put a quote unquote in some capacity, then I'm not winning because if I, if I'm not in a position where I fail at something, that means I'm, I'm not getting out of my comfort zone. I'm not growing. Right. Right. So we're not perfect, but the reason why we get to a point of success or wherever we want to go is because we're willing to keep going through it no matter what. And so, that's what it is. I actually look for those things. I'm like, what did I, what did I fail at today? And how can I make that better tomorrow? But mm-hmm. the, what, when I do, you better believe that I'm going to hold myself accountable t- for that to never happen again and to grow from it. Right? So, um, and Anthony, I obviously want to give you the opportunity to also share your philosophy as well. And then probably we'll wrap up with that. So, yeah, no, I, I get jacked up, dude. <clears throat> when I lose, I, I get jacked up. I, I think about this is maybe seven, eight years ago, right? I had just entered into the medical space and surgical sales. Mm. And there was this guy, right? And he was, you know, he was 6'10", former college basketball player. He was my competition. He walked in the room. People loved him. Nurses loved him. Doctors loved him. And he was, he was kicking my ass, dude. I mean, I was, I was running up and down my territory. And I'm like, man, this guy is just absolutely crushing me. And I, then I found out that he was spending Fridays. And he's, I mean, he was making, you know, money hand over fist right so i'm like okay fridays he had just got a membership at one of the most prestigious country clubs in the area and he was taking people out fridays golfing and i was like all oh, right yeah. dude <laughs> I, I literally i'm like you fucked up you 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 have no idea what the level of intensity so fridays i'm like dude i'm gonna work 16 hours a day 
I'm going right. to hit everybody on Friday because I know right. you're not there. And it only took it took maybe a two or three months for him to like, holy shit, dude. Like, I started still in a little business here, still in a little business there. Now, I lost maybe a year straight. And I got my teeth kicked in and I was coming home and I was just like, man, I can't figure this out. And I, I took that experience, right? And now at, at a different level right now, you know, at that point, you know, I was managing, you know, a, a smaller book of business, a couple million dollars to significantly larger now. And so now when I lose a deal, right, the, the cost, the expenses, um, the consequences are so much higher, but the approach is still the same. Fuck, I right. lost. How, how can I get better? And where, 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 where do I strike again? And what, what do I need to sharpen? What do I need to improve? And when I lose, just how we said earlier, right, objections are somewhere in the process that you messed up in your sales process. When I lose, I look back, I'm like, okay, where did I lose in this process? Because I expect, it's an expectation that I win every deal. And when right. I lose, the expectation is, okay, well, how do I win the second time? I don't, I don't, I don't give up. And, and you know, it's funny, right, is, is I tell people all the time, I'm like, hey, man, you're in sales. You're not going to close every deal. Like, it's just, you're not going to close every deal. So if you are going to think you're going to show up and you're going to close 100% of your deals and you're going to be the best salesperson since Zig Ziglar started writing books. I mean, I have, right. I have a rude awakening for you. There's peaks and valleys in this industry and the ones that right. are successful, just understand when they're in the valley and they're facing challenges, they're, they're not crying. They're sitting there learning to get better. And when they're, they're on hustling. the peak and when they're on the peak and they're crushing it and they're making seven, eight figures, they're not like, Oh no, they're sitting there terrified because there's a younger hungrier version of themselves trying to take their spot exactly so when, so when i lose i'm like okay how do i get better and, I, and that's I, how you I stay at the top yeah, that's how you 100%. stay at the top anthony when i was in corporate sales and this is back in you know i haven't thought of this in years to be honest with you and i'm really happy that you went there with that is the, the valley you're getting down like i'm hustling i always look for the the missing opportunities and you said that you had a guy Fridays to go out golfing. Like I'm gonna work 16 hours a day. Someone asked me one time, he goes, how the hell do you enroll as many people as you did? This is where I didn't make commissions. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, I, I would just kill them. I was making the average person enrolling people into programs at that time. I think it was around 20 or so every six weeks. I was doing like 76, 82, those type of numbers. So you're looking at a gap. Yeah. But when I came on board, it wasn't that I was more talented than everybody else, or I, I would say things a certain way. No, I beat them on the first hour and the last hour of calls every day. Think about when you're coming to work and you go and you get coffee and you talk to your about last night or whatever that was, that first hour is when you're not, you know, productive. You don't really get a lot of work in. That last hour, you're already thinking about, you know, who you're going to go have a drink with or what that first and last hour is when I booked all the appointments. Yeah. I got them all. And it was right. It was like literally a bell went off right at whatever time that was. I started and power, boom, 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 boom. I never set appointments for that first hour and last hour every day. And that's how I continue to stay at the top because it was the, it wasn't the amount of talent. It was the work that I was willing to put in. It was the work. That's the only missing. That's the only ingredient. You can have the best and most talent and whatever. I'm going to outlast you. I'm going to beat you because I'm going to sacrifice what I put in. I love that, man. You love the process. That's mm -hmm. it. You love the process. And when right. you love that process, dude, I mean, dude, I, I get jacked up over ESPN. I saw a documentary on ESPN about the dream team from the USA basketball team, 1992. And it talked about how mm -hmm. Michael Jordan went out with his teammates, partied, drank all night. I think they were in Barcelona, right? Partying till two or three in the right. morning. He gets back to the hotel room and he's like, crap. Calls his trainer 
and it's like, hey, man, I, I want to shoot some hoop, shoot some hoop. He's like, all right, I'll meet you there in the morning. Jordan says yes. All day, every day. Trainer gets to the gym at 6 a.m. Jordan's already in a full-on sweat. He's like, when'd you get here? He's like, when I called you at 2.30. Right. He had been there. He hadn't slept, dude. He was committed. He was just like, I, I got to get my reps in. I got to get my reps in. When you hear that mentality from these superstar athletes, right, if I can just take that approach into business. It, that's, it's that simple. People don't understand it. how simple this can be. It's either you either have a quitting mind or a winning mind. Choice is yours. You make that decision. 100%. I don't know when you make that decision and, and not hold yourself accountable to that way of living. I don't know when that is for you, but you make that decision at some point. And right when you make that decision in your own mind that you quit, you can quit on yourself. You're going you're, you're gonna to tell yourself that subconscious mind, hey, I can, I can get away with it now. Yeah, 100%. Dude, quitting, quitting anything, any fundamental in quitting is, 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 is bad. And I look at this, right? You know, and, and we, we talked before we started recording, right? I have, an, I have an 11-year-old daughter who's in Taekwondo. She's a red belt, testing for her black belt. Her last sparring tournament before this whole pandemic happened, she went out. The girl was bigger than her. I was a little nervous. And the, the girl kicked her super hard in her chest. I mean, it was like she got teary-eyed. They called time. She didn't quit the fight. But she really didn't, like, she really didn't, I mean, she lost the fight. She was, she was timid after that. And it was like a five-hour drive home from this tournament. It was just her and I on this trip. So she's sitting in the car for about 30 minutes, dude. She didn't say a word. And so I was like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta talk with her a little bit. I'm like, so, so what's your, what, what are you thinking about? And, uh, she was like, you know, at this level, I don't know if I can compete dad. I'm like, all right, well, did you lose? Did you learn something? She's like, I lost, I lost bad. And so I'm like, okay, you want to quit? And she looked at me and she's like, no, I'm like, why? She's like, one, you won't let me quit. Two, you've already <laughs> told me if I quit now, I'm gonna quit in the future. I'm yeah. like, you're absolutely right. And so, you know, I've, I've instilled this in my daughter, right? She's been doing martial arts since she was seven and a half. She's 11. And I told her, I'm like, look, if you want to quit, you finish something. You mm -hmm. started this as a white belt. You want to get to your black belt. If the day you get to your black belt and you're like, hey, I want to quit, dad. I've, I've, I completed the process I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So be it. But you can't quit. And the reason I, bre I beat that into my child and, 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 and children and I share with them is, you know, when I was 17, I quit baseball because i already had a football scholarship I was like oh this is gonna be great you know i'm gonna go play with the girls right. i'm gonna party i'm gonna do this right I, I didn't have a dad at home that was telling me hey man you you, know, you can't quit or you'd have to do this right my mom was working evening so it was like it was really easy to pull it off if anyone asks us what you regret in life that's the one decision i regret to this right day. and you always and i always think of certain things that i quit on and it wasn't about me quitting it's just that i didn't have the time and i was I mean, if you're high school, man, you know, you're too worried about chasing Dude, girls, right? That's I mean, all it was. On, it was 20 years like, ago, I, man. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have that discipline just yet. That, no, you know, me neither. At that, that young age. I didn't have the discipline. It was like, not, not the, it wasn't, I guess it was not the want. I was like, ah, it's all right. Until you go into the I went in the military and learned that people die on bad decisions. <laughs> so, you know, making poor choices. And then yeah. that's when I, that competitive advantage kind of, you know, I had to define it for myself and figuring out, like, listen, it's it's not about the situation or the event that defines me it's my character so and that's i think it's great that i mean hearing you say that you're instilling that into your daughter at a very young age because that's where all the negative shit happens later with and i think that you know wes is just having this conversation i kind of let him take that with this everything's built off the relationship with the girl's father you know, that's the most important relationship and you instilling that type of mentality with her at a very young age and congratulations for her for, you know, sticking with it and pushing through. And it sounds like to me that 
you're you're raising a, a really competitive daughter. I think it's great. That's phenomenal. I appreciate yeah. it, man. I appreciate it. Wes, what's, what are your thoughts on that, man? You said you, you were just assessing that. Yeah, I mean, the... Well, it's, uh, that's what absolutely is, right? It's the influence over them. They're mm-hmm. so, their minds are so impressionable right now, especially at this, I think with all of us right now, at the ages that our daughters are, are at, their minds are just so impressionable, especially yours, Anthony. Uh, the fact that she has that mentality is absolutely beautiful because it doesn't matter what they do well or don't do well right now. It's about the habits and the mentality that they build over time, you know, and how that's going to serve them 10 years from now or 20 years from now. And I truly believe you know, it's not about how much money you give to your kid or whatever. It's about how much time, how much, re- like, yeah. you know, how many mental resources you give them, right? How you equip them to be able to handle life. And it's, it's beautiful to see what you're doing. I really, I congratulate you on that. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. I guess what, you know, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I bring up real quick, and I know this conversation, you know, I, I never really want to on podcasts, especially have it like certain questions. I normally want to ask them you know, and, and for the listeners, I just kind of like wing it and kind of go with the conversation is normally what I do in, in sales anyway. So how can our listeners find more about you if they don't already know much about you? I know you're a Forbes contributor. You're on that list. You do so much with your podcast. You do so much with your personal brand and businesses, Anthony Garcia Incorporated, you know, the book that you have right behind you, Catapulting Commissions. You're doing so many great things, Anthony. I'm really proud of you. And I, I, I really cool stuff that you're doing. How can my listeners find more about you? Yeah, man, I, I appreciate it, dude. Uh, you know, Anthony P. Garcia is the website, right? So Anthony P. as in Paul Garcia is the website. Uh, I'm on social media under everything Anthony P. Garcia 99. Mm-hmm. You can definitely find me there. Uh, I also have catapultingcommissions.com, which is the website for the book. If your listeners want to pick up a copy of the book, uh, right now, we are just going to launch June 1. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this will air here in the next couple of weeks. So yeah. uh, by the time this is aired, it'll be out and about. But uh, catapultingcommissions.com, you get an opportunity to get a free book. Just cover, help me out, man. Just pay for the shipping of the book. I ship you a copy of the book for free. And from there, you can get some content. You know, I ship the book. There's an audio book. There's an opportunity to get a workbook. But uh, at the end of the day, right, I'm, you know, the reason I give the book for free and pay for shipping, right? You can go on Amazon right now and pay twenty four ninety five for it. But you go through catapultingcommissions.com and you get it for free. At the end of the day, I want to leave a legacy behind that has mm. people saying, hey, I learned so much from catapulting commissions or the network of people that we create, right? I mean, we, 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 even before we started talking on air, the amount of value that you get through podcasting and, and finding people and sharing stuff, that, that's the mission and the objective of the Anthony Garcia yeah. brand. So go to catapultingcommissions.com. You get an opportunity to get a free book there. Do you just pay for the cost of the shipping uh, and handling? Other than that, man, I mean, that's, that's really where you can find me. Catapulting Commissions is the podcast. Um, you know, that's really the two names, Anthony Garcia, Catapulting Commissions. Um, Beautiful. Beautiful. I, and I really liked what you said there about you're just giving it away for free. It's just leaving a legacy. That was the original idea behind the Women Effect podcast when we started recording. It's just, you know, getting a book out there. And of course, it's got to find the right publicist, got to find the right people to, you know, promote it and do all those little small things. Even if it's just, and I was just on a Hustle and Flow chart podcast and Joe and Matt, if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. you know, I really enjoyed being on your show. And they asked me that question of, you know, why do you do what you do, you know, on the podcast and share as much as you do on your podcast? Cause a lot of people don't go to the core and the root of not being just surface level. I hear a lot of surface level stuff. And I said that I didn't want to 
be like everybody else, you know, with the podcast. And I think that's what you do well. You know, that's why I'm bringing it up. If I can just reach one person and give them something worth of value that makes such a huge impact in our life, just the way that I talk about the, you know, the major players, the ones on Mount Rushmore, the sales more, mm -hmm. you know, you have the, you know, you talked about, you know, um, you know, Bob Proctor's, you got the, you have the Zig Ziglar's, you have all the people that have done great minds of sales. And if some kid mentions my name in 20 years, that's enough for me. That gives me everything I need. hundred percent, buddy. I, I, I share that belief with you in so much, so much passion behind that is, and I mean, you know, I have ways to make money, right? I make money. I, I, exactly. I have multiple businesses, dude. I don't need to make money for, you know, Anthony Arcea being, you know, killer star. I, I, it's not, it's not my calling, right? There's, there's so many other ways to make money that I'm, that I'm actively mm -hmm. pursuing, but if I could leave that legacy behind and I could teach you something. And like I said, Chris, what you said, if in 20 years from now, there's some sales training class and they're like, man, Anthony Garcia said this in 2020, right. boom. <laughs> That's it. But that's enough for me. And yep. I just want to, you know, leaving that legacy that way and having was what my family talks about me is how my daughter or how my, the people that I come in contact with, the people that I influenced, I want them to talk about, Hey, this guy helped me and he didn't have to, or he, this guy helped me in this way. I want them to, it's what they say about me. That's what it means the most to me. And, you know, and, and it's not about what I did it's how I did it. And that just means the world to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's so put many, a bow so on this one. Beautiful episode, yeah. man. Thank you so, so much. Many, for so many on. great messages. And then, you know, I'll just encourage all the listeners, go back and listen to this, listen to it twice, three times, whatever it takes to really just listen in for that, the message that Anthony, you know, talked about today and the different messages. And, and there's been so much value that he's given us today. Again, follow him, anthonypgarcia.com, catapultingcommissions.com. Listen to the podcast. Anthony, thank you so much for, for being on. It's been a pleasure. Wes, Chris, dude, love it. And uh, on air, man, I'd love to get you guys on the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it, it's definitely going down. That's for sure. Definitely Perfect, going man. down. Continue this conversation. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, always, always. Thanks again. Take care, guys.